We head now to the KRDO Newsline, where we are joined by Newsweek Senior Editor-at-Large, Josh Hammer, who's just returned from Israel. And Josh, uh, some of the stories coming out of there, I mean, we we hear the stories, we see the video coming down, uh, but seeing it firsthand has to have quite an impact. What did you glean from your visit? Yeah, Shannon, it was a really action-packed and emotional roller coaster of a week. So I was there for about a week. We met with members of the Knesset, which is Israel's national legislature. We went to the hospital. We spoke with mental health specialists there in the hospital, saw soldiers recovering, went to displaced persons facilities. But really, above all, as you might expect, the most difficult part of the trip was our trip to the south, to the communities that were just ravaged, that were totally destroyed, upended, murdered, raped, pillaged by Hamas on October 7th. So our, our trip took us to Ofakim, Sterot, Kafar Aza, and Re'im, four of the towns where the battles were, were fought on, on October 7th. Kafar Aza is, is a tiny village, Shannon, that's literally against the fence. I cannot emphasize that enough with listeners. It is literally backed up against the fence with Gaza. And what I saw there, these are images that I'm never going to forget. So these are homes that look like they've just been totally bombed out. You see everything from sofas to children's toys to kitchen utensils just littered all throughout the streets, all throughout the alleyways. You can clearly see on the walls of one home we went into where the army wiped away the blood stains on the wall. But honestly, above all, what I'm going to take away from my very sobering trip down south communities like Kafaraza and Raim, which is where the Nova Music Festival was, that was also brutally difficult. What I'm going to take away from that, above all, is actually something closely approximating the opposite of that, which was the incredible spirit, the resolve, the defiance that I saw from all the civilians and the soldiers alike that I encountered down there in those communities on the border. There was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of spontaneous singing and dancing. Everyone has no sense of ambiguity whatsoever as to what they are fighting for. There is righteous indignation. They are confident, correctly in my judgment, that they have the moral high ground in this fight, and they are going to see this mission through in Gaza. And that, to me, was very inspiring. So they're seeing the mission through. De- are they worried at all about the um, the lack of, I guess, enthusiasm in the international community, particularly here in the U.S., for, for funding that effort? So it's, in, it's interesting. The Biden administration has obviously been less than fully supportive rhetorically over the past couple of months. They were strong out of the gate, and as many of us anticipated, they've They've gone quite wobbly as Biden's domestic politics in 2024 come up. There's a large Arab community in Michigan, Minnesota, states like that. But behind the scenes, what some Israeli officials and even some very conservative Biden skeptical officials told me is the Biden administration has actually taken some executive actions to ensure that weapons and artillery and materiel for the battles are actually continually being shipped into Israel. So as long as that continues, because there is the risk of a possible weapon shortage, as long as that continues, they don't particularly care what Biden has to say to appease the anti-Semites and Palestinian apologists and whatnot in his own domestic progressive political coalition. Having said all of that, what, what I was worried about after I finished my trip there was that there was a potential huge clash between Israel and the Biden administration and probably the European powers as well, 
when it comes to, to the situation up north with Hezbollah. So a lot of the Israelis I spoke with, both in and out of government there, they think that now, for better or for worse, is the time where this much-anticipated, you know, it's been thought about for probably a decade or so, this war with Hezbollah up north, they think it probably has to happen right now. There's been 100,000 Israelis displaced from their homes in the north there. Just on Sunday, there were a, there was a mother and son up north near Lebanon who were killed in their homes sipping coffee over breakfast by a Hezbollah missile. So they think this war with Hezbollah probably has to happen now. And that is something that the Western media, I think, has not adequately covered. I, that surprised me how how consensus that opinion was of the Israelis I spoke with there, that could set up a huge clash with the Biden administration for sure. So so Hezbollah, meanwhile, representing uh, another prong of the threat that Israel faces separate from Hamas, right? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's all part of the same tentacle, right? It's all part of the Iranian regime. So the, the Israeli slang, what you hear from the soldiers, people like that over there, they, they refer to Iran as the head of the snake. There, there is no doubt that Iran is the root of virtually all of the evil that is currently afflicting the Middle East. By the way, very much including the Houthis in Yemen, who the United States obviously is currently involved in, you know, reprisals and firings with the Houthis have essentially taken over the Red Sea. So Iran funds the Houthis, they fund Hezbollah in Lebanon, they fund Hamas in Gaza, they fund essentially all the bad actors around that region there. And that ultimately is the problem. No one wants war with Iran because they're a serious military power, and that would be very ugly. But Hezbollah is a direct proxy of Iran, and it, it is tragically a much more sophisticated military arsenal than what Hamas has in Gaza. But the Israeli concern is that Hezbollah has gone so long accumulating these Iran-provided precision-guided missiles they are currently operating far south of the, of the Amasis line that the United Nations said in 2006 that Hezbollah could not go further south of. That would be the Latani River, and they've gone south of that. The United Nations is not enforcing that, that armistice line. So the Israelis feel like that their hand might be forced on this one. Mm. All right, a tense situation, and uh, glad to get this uh, you know, very firsthand information that we're getting from you. Josh Hammer, Newsweek Senior Editor-at-Large, joining us here on KRDO's Morning News. We thank you. Thank you, Shen.